welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hi, James. Hi, Scott. Here we are again. Doing it again. What should we talk about today? Uh, well, we got a question. So let's let's talk about our question. All right. It's um, about Roths. Big Roths. Big mega Roths. Mega Roths. Yes. Mega backdoor Roth conversions. Okay, let's do it. Um, so <laughs> overlay some Jaws soundtrack music or yeah, something when we put this out. Yeah, it sounds mega colossal. Um, so we we talked in the past about backdoor Roth conversions with IRA accounts, but we are seeing more and more um, uh, companies and their four hundred one ks are starting to allow what can be called the mega backdoor Roth conversion. Yes. Yeah. And we had someone ask a question about this. I think we had mentioned it in one or maybe a couple episodes. Yeah. Maybe a few times. So it's about time we got around to doing it. So thanks for this question. And the question is, you mentioned doing an episode on the backdoor mega Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. So when are you going to drop that one? Can right you now. include any tax implications? Right now is the answer. Can you include any tax implications to this approach for folks that max out their 401ks and make above the max adjusted gross income? Yes. Yes, we can. We'll do it right now. Thanks for the question. Yep. Um, Let's start from the beginning. What What is a mega backdoor Roth? And we've talked about it a few times, but let's just kind of start from the beginning and flush through this all. Yeah. So um, a Roth conversion of any type, just getting going a bit bigger for a moment, is when you take money that's in a retirement plan and you move it from one side of the, the bucket to another. Uh, so you, most of the time you'll think of it as the pre-tax 401k, um, and you'll move it over to the Roth side of the 401k or IRA. So mm-hmm. individual retirement account, 401ks and 403bs, they're kind of all the same here. It's just moving from pre-tax to Roth where it's now an after-tax contribution has been made. And so long as I follow the rules of Roth, I never have to pay taxes again. Yes. Yeah. So the, the thing that comes up is on the pre-tax side, um, you can actually have pre-tax contributions meaning I didn't pay my taxes yet, I'll pay them now. Or you can also have sometimes what are called after-tax contributions, mm-hmm. meaning I've already paid taxes on this, I don't get a deduction on it, so it's an after-tax contribution. Yes. So what we're kind of talking about here with the Mega Backdoor Roth is we're going to talk about taking after-tax contributions and converting them over to the Roth side of the equation. Absolutely. Perfect. And, and we'll talk about the mechanics of this in just a bit of how do you do this. Uh, but before we do it, let's walk through, it, should you even be thinking about this? Because it's a great strategy, but for a lot of people, it might not necessarily make sense given what they got going on. Yes. So the first the first thing is, as you're kind of going through a flow chart of does this make sense for me or not? The first thing is, are you already maxing your regular 401k? So your regular 401k, you can put up to $19,500 per year into it if you're under 50 up to 26000 per year if you're 50 or older. So are you doing that already? If the answer is yes, 
you could potentially do a mega backdoor Roth conversion. If not, well, then first things first, just get to the max of that. You know, right. make sure you're doing that first. Um, do you have a spouse or partner? Are they also maxing out their 401k if they have one through work? If not, don't think about a mega backdoor Roth conversion yet. First, make sure that your spouse or your partner is also contributing the max to that. Yeah. And so to kind of, to, to the points that you've already made, the, the view that we're typically looking at for does a mega backdoor Roth make sense is people with high incomes that should be doing everything within their power to drive down their taxable income first. Right. Right. Now, if tax laws change, which maybe they will, maybe we'll have a different conversation mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. But right now, your high income, how do you drive down the taxable income the most? So first things first, are you maxing out the 401k? Obviously, getting your own employer match, hitting that 19500 or the 26000 Yep. And what about your spouse? Hopefully, you're doing the same thing. Right. Um, from there, we don't even have it in here for notes, but I automatically then jump to, did you do your HSA contributions? Yeah. There's another seven grand we can put away and, and reduce our tax bill. So let's make sure we're doing that. Once we've done those things and we still have excess cash flow, which is kind of the next question, do you have a lot of extra cash? Yeah. Because the last thing we want to do is go commit to doing this and now we don't, we can't, you know, pay bills and go on vacation and do the things that we want to mm-hmm. be doing. Um, but if you can, then I think it's worth pressing on. Yeah, absolutely. And and think of the mega back to Roth contributions, they're great things to have, but think of that as retirement money. And so that's not money that you can do and then go use for a vacation, like Scott's saying, or that you can go use for a home purchase, or you can use for uh, sending your kids to college, at least on most cases. So um, if you have excess cash flow, understand what do you want that to go towards? And if it's if there's some short-term goals or some things that you need that cash for, well, then keep it for that. But if you're saying, no, I want to invest this for the long term, and I want to do so in the most tax-efficient way, that's where the mega backdoor could could play uh, could come into play. That's a wonderful point. It actually reminds me of uh, newer clients right now who are very high income, but their number one goal um, outside of saving for retirement and co- kind of the college planning type things is is um, buying a house. Mm-hmm. So it, it just makes no sense right now to go mm-hmm. participate in a mega backdoor Roth. Yeah. Once they have the down payment for the house secure and everything's taken care of, and they still have really nice cash flow. Of course, it'll make sense. Yeah, great. Do it then. Yeah. But in, in the meantime, it's not going to help with that. So awesome. And and then the last factor that I think we'll look at is what's the quality of your 401k plan. And I th- thankfully, many 401k plans seem to be getting better, but there's still some 401k plans. They're expensive. They don't offer good fund options. There's not really great uh, just options in the plan. And if that's the case, depending on if your 401k allows you to move money out of it, or if you have to keep funds in as part of your uh, backdoor Roth conversion, which which we'll speak about, that may not be the best thing if you're really loading up on an account that isn't the best one for you based upon the features of the plan. Yeah. So things that we would look at, at least I would look at, James will chime in if he feels differently, um, looking at your 401k plan, what are the expense ratios of the funds within it? Like, are they quality? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they active? versus passive, um, which we can talk about on a different day. Um, I, uh, in the more of the passive or more uh, using beta and factor and other things camp versus trying to actively beat markets. And then does it allow for enough broad diversification? If we're going to keep the assets inside, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if the answer to those questions are no, then we still want to know, well, does the plan allow in-service distributions? Because if they allow in-service distributions, then we can go put this money away after tax and go convert it into your IRA outside of the 401k. Right. Which is not something that people think about often. 
uh, because typically 401ks, we're not allowed to move money out of them until we leave our employer. Mm-hmm. So this is something we'd want to look into to see if that's allowed. Right, right, Ex- exactly. So that this is where this, what we're going to talk about and the mechanics of it all, it might not all be universal. Everyone's plan is going to be a little bit different. And so that's where it's going to be important. But we'll we'll walk through what are those variables that could change from plan to plan. Yeah. So if uh, if you max out your 401k already, you're, you have a spouse or partner that's doing the same thing. You're already hitting all those, you know, pre-tax contributions. You have a quality 401k plan, or you can do in-service distributions. Then carry on. Let's see if uh, the <laughs> talk about what the mechanics of this look like. Yep. If not, um, go focus on the things that you can do. Do those first to help get you to the place where you want to start carrying on. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else before we jump into the mechanics? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to the fun part. Yeah, the so details. Let's, so we use an ex- let's just use an example, huh? Let's use an example. Okay, let's say that someone makes $200,000 a year. Okay. So we're not going to talk about their, and we're not even talking about like restricted stock units or their bonus income. This is just going to be their base income. So we just think of it in these terms. Yeah, and, and by the way, um, the nice thing about this, let's use as an example, but the nice thing about the Roth 401k or mega backdoor Roth, con- there's no income limits like there are with Roth IRAs right. or traditional IRAs. So we're using this example of $200,000 but if your income is higher or lower, it, it it will still be the same. The numbers will be different, but there's no income limits right. for this. Yep, because we're, we're doing a conversion and conversions, the IRS says, we don't care how much money you have. Yep. You can go for it. Um, okay, so let's say someone's making $200,000 a year. They are contributing their $19,500 to the 401k. Great, they max and, it out. And they get a 4% match from their employer. Um, thanks for checking my math earlier, James. How much how much contribution would they get uh, in total to their 401k pre-tax? 27500 between their contribution and their employer match. Yeah, so they're 19500 They get an $8,000 match, $27,500 uh, for, the, for the year. Now, there's this rule in the, in the tax code that says, hey, for defined contribution plans, which is a 401k or a 403b, um, and the like, that you're allowed to contribute a certain maximum amount per year per person. Mm-hmm. What's that number this year? 57,000 if you're under 50. 57,000 if you're under 50. If you're over 50, that catch-up amount that you get um, for your 401k gets added on to that 57. Right. So you'd be at 63.5 if you're 50 or older for your total limit. Yep, but for this one, we're going to assume it's a it's you know someone who's under under the age of fifty. So you can contribute to your four hundred one k plan. You so far you would have contributed twenty seven thousand five hundred, but the max you can contribute is fifty seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So how much can we contribute to after tax contributions? So we can year? do. There's a gap there of twenty nine thousand five hundred. Yeah. So remember, just that the max we contribute is that fifty seven thousand. We know we're going to contribute the 27 and a half to our pre-tax 401k between the employer match and our own contributions. So we can put up to $29,500 after tax into the plan as well. And that's if the employer has that provision, right? Like some 401ks don't necessarily offer the after tax, but more and more are. So Correct. if it's offered, then that's available. So to you have you. to go look at that. Is it offered? Um, and if it is, you can go do this. Yes. Awesome. So I just got $29,500 after-tax contribution. Do I just let it sit there? Does it get invested and kind of treat as a Roth IRA? So interestingly enough, we actually didn't even put this into the structure of our conversation yet, but you actually could, right? Mm -hmm. Like you could go allocate those after-tax contributions, the $29,500 
after tax, go invest it maybe in the same allocation as your pre-tax 401k and let it go grow until you retire yep. and never do anything else. And at the end of that, you would end up having essentially two main buckets of your 401k. You'd have all your pre-tax stuff that grew all on, all on its own, right? And all of that would be pre-tax. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have this after-tax bucket. Mm -hmm. And the after-tax bucket would have two components. It would have what did you contribute after tax. Right, 29.5. And, and what growth happened on top of it. Right. Right. And so then when you do distribution, if you wanted to do like people will leave their employer and do rollovers, maybe do another plan or to 401ks, things like that. When that would, when you would do that, you would get your pre-tax IRA, 401k, pardon me, mm -hmm. would all go into an IRA account, rollover IRA account, right? Your after-tax portion could go into a Roth right. in that moment. And then the growth that happened on top of that, you'd probably want to go into a rollover IRA as well. Right. That is one potential option. That's right. Kind of the original option. It is the original option. The, the downside of that is like, so let's say this person that's in this example is pretty young and they do that after tax contribution of 29500 And let's say they just do it for one year. Yeah. And by the time they retire, say that 29500 is grown to $100,000. Exactly. Well, you, you go to retire and 29500 can go into your Roth IRA, but all the growth on that $70,500, that has to go into your traditional IRA, yep. which isn't necessarily a, a bad thing, but now you're paying taxes on it when you pull that money out. Which is where the mega backdoor Roth comes in. That's what the episode's all about. Mm -hmm. How does that work instead? Instead of just making that after-tax contribution and then waiting until retirement and then ending up paying taxes on any of the growth on that, what you want to do is one of two things, depending on what the, the plan offers, or really one thing, and there's a couple ways of doing it. What you want to do is you want to do an in-service Roth conversion. And what the in-service Roth conversion means is you take that after-tax balance and you immediately convert that to your Roth, either Roth 401k, if you do this within the plan, or if there's an in-service distribution option, you convert it to your Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So it leaves the plan, but it stays in a Roth account. The benefit of that is there's no taxes on the conversion because you didn't get any tax deduction for making that after-tax contribution. Mm -hmm. So when you convert it to your Roth IRA or your Roth 401k, depending on what your plan allows, uh, there's no taxes on it, but now all that money is invested in a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k for you. So now in that same example, let's say you just did this for one year and that 29,500 also grew to 100,000. Well, now it's all on an after-tax account. It's on a Roth IRA or it's on a Roth 401k. So that's $70,500 of growth that you never pay taxes on again. Now, assuming you do that, but not just for one year, but assuming you do that for 5, 10, 15 years, that just really starts to compound the benefit of having that money grow in a Roth account instead of growing in an after-tax account where the contribution is Roth or is, is, is not going to be taxed, but any growth on it is. Yep. Agreed. Awesome. Um, a couple things to keep in mind. I mentioned there's there's a, a couple ways of doing this. Some plans, and this is where you, you need to check your plan they might allow for in-service distributions, meaning you make that after-tax contribution. What you do is you go to your plan administrator and you essentially do a distribution of the after-tax portion and you distribute it to your Roth IRA, which you have set up somewhere else, just a Roth IRA in your name. Mm -hmm. That's a great option if it's available. If not, some plans will do the in-service conversion, but it goes from your after-tax contribution into your Roth 401k balance inside of the same plan. Mm -hmm. So it stays in the same plan, but it goes to a different uh, kind of bucket within the overall plan. Yep. You mentioned, Scott, and, and I haven't seen this, but I think it's a great feature that some plans do this automatically. So there was a there's one that I uh, for a client that we called on um, 
at a, a bigger a bigger uh, custodian, mm-hmm. and they're now. I think they're still on the back end setting some tasks up maybe in the CRM to make it happen, mm-hmm. but they can start to do this for you so that, you know, if, if you, for instance, worked at a tech company and you get paid on a Friday and a thousand dollars goes in that after tax contribution, well, very shortly thereafter, they're going to go convert it for you automatically right. to the Roth because it's what you asked to do. Right. And then you could have that Roth set up so that anytime funds hit that account, it automatically invests for you, right? Set up the contribution amounts mm-hmm. to go get invested. So it can make it more so automatic, mm-hmm. which is a, a thing that I think about for all of, for everyone listening, but also always for our clients is let's try to automate as much as we can to make it as simple as possible because right. life just gets in the way. Right. So that's where like, if you have a really high quality plan and you have good investment options and you can do in-service conversions um, that are automatic, wonderful yep that's the that's the per that's the best situation you can ask for yes from there you have to keep either taking some of your time or you can do some other things um to make this a you know but it might cost you a little bit more because one of the things we talked about for tax implications maybe that idea of the 20 maybe you're putting that twenty nine and a half thousand away after tax but you're only allowed your plan allows you to do in-service uh distributions but you're really not going to do it like all the time Right, like that. Am I have to do this every paycheck? Do I do this once a month? Do right, I once a month? It, it can like get cumbersome. Year, right, once every six months. Like, wh- how often are you actually going to do it? Well, you may choose you want to go invest those funds anyway, mm-hmm. so you can get upside if it happens. Mm-hmm. But then when you go do that, if let's say that twenty nine and a half thousand grows to thirty five thousand, when you do the in service conversion, now you just took about sixty five hundred dollars and converted it to regular income when you do the conversion mm-hmm. right so it's just knowing the technicalities of it and mm-hmm. looking at the best way to do it for you mm-hmm. make a lot of sense yeah absolutely still a great concept to do right totally Even in still that great instance, you're still you maybe you pay tax oh yeah I won big I have to pay a little bit of taxes okay not a horrible thing mm-hmm. um, but now you go put it into the roth moving forward right exactly. Cool. So that's the logistics of it. I think we kind of talked about when is when do you even think about this? That's the biggest thing of all is just because this exists doesn't necessarily mean you should be doing it. Look at your overall financial picture and the things you're looking to accomplish. Uh, but if it is right for you, these are some of the logistics and some of the ways you can make it happen. But anything else we missed or that you want to add, Scott? I think that's it for now. I think it's, you know, it is a great opportunity if you have the ability to do so and you don't have other places to go put funds. You know, the only thing I would actually end with is there's people who are in really who are in higher incomes. One of the things that we can jump to is trying to pay as little in tax as possible right away all the time. But there's also something to be said for on the other side of that coin flexibility in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just looking at your balance sheet overall mm-hmm. and making sure that you have some cash and funds available in taxable accounts, say, or savings accounts, things like that. So that if you really, if something does come up in life and you want to make a bigger shift, you have more flexibility. Right. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for your question. Uh, anyone listening, we love getting questions. We love answering questions. So you can submit those at the Ready or the Real Personal Finance website and we will do the same for your question. But See you next it. time. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. 
This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.